Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, happy Wednesday. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I hope you're having a good day. If not, maybe this can help some and at least get us focused in the right way of thinking. Because we've been spending really pretty much the last week and a half, almost two, on the way that we think, how that affects the way we feel, how it affects the way we perceive the world, the life God has given us, and what we really have control over and what we don't. So we're gonna spend some more time today really talking about our thoughts negative thinking, how we can change those if we can. And tomorrow we're going to talk about a very important thing, which is increasing tolerance. And we have a hard time with tolerance. We tolerate all the wrong things and have no tolerance for just normal, regular human things like negative feelings. And being able to tolerate them and not always have to really work on focusing on changing them. So before we start with that, I want to encourage you to not miss this Friday. We have a really amazing interview with Pastor Sergei, and he is the president of Mission Eurasia. And he was all through, he was Ukrainian-born, and he helped plant churches near Moscow after the fall of the Iron Curtain. And he has now been able to establish and help with more than 1,000 churches. And what they are doing is because the World Cup is being held in Russia— They are being able to invite all kinds of people into their homes on big screen televisions to watch the World Cup and talk to them about Christ. And this is the first time that Russia has not taken people to jail for doing it. So it's really exciting to find out how and what the World Cup is doing in Russia and how they are mobilizing the Christians in Russia to really evangelize the Russian people. So don't miss that interview. He's a really amazing man with quite a testimony. So let's get started today with this whole idea of the way we think and, and how that really affects our whole outlook on life and that our thinking is really the one thing we have control over. And we've talked at length about this is the area that is yours alone. They can do anything to you outside of your body, but inside your mind, you have full control if you so choose to take it and to discipline your mind. So we talked a lot about these wonderful verses that these are three of my favorites, and that's Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. And we have 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says we demolish every agreement, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him. And I have two more that I added this morning, and this is 
uh, Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28 says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Let's just simply say, think before you speak. That's all. Just think before you speak. Save yourself a world of hurt. So as we look at those verses, you know, I had this thought about language and how powerful language is because words spoken create things. And I want you to think about the English language. And if you've ever heard about conjunctions, conjunctions are linking words. Now, I'm not an English major, so all of you out there, I'm giving a very basic little English language today. So there are three types of conjunctions. We have coordinating, subordinating, and correlative. Correlative. Each type really joins together different parts of a sentence. So what's the job of a conjunction? These really little words. Well, the main job is to link together different parts of a sentence, help you connect, emphasize ideas, and form more complex and interesting sentences. So the definition of a coordinating conjunction, and that's the simplest form, so that's the only one we're going to really talk about, is a word that connects phrases and words. So an example of a coordinating conjunction is the word and in a sentence. Sally, Sally went to the park and she went to the grocery store. So these coordinate words and phrases Words like and, but, for, or, yet, so. So let's consider why the way we think is so important. And the reason of looking at this is, how do you coordinate thoughts in your own mind? Because they directly affect your decisions and how you perceive the world around you and your experience. See, one little word changes everything. So I want you to really focus on and, but, or, and so. So think of this, this verse that we just talked about. For as a man thinketh within, so he is. Think how powerful that little world word so is. So he is. And we talked yesterday about this idea of what you think. I'm a fat slob. So it is. That's basically what that last part of that that. That verse is saying, let it be so. Let it be so. That's how powerful that little conjunction is. So it is. So think about these things as we are, are looking at this and how that affects the way that we think. Because these are the things that create constructs, what we call constructs in our mind. And constructs are kind of like a house. You fill it in with thoughts and feelings and choices. So when I say, I'm never going to lose weight, so it is. Well, then the GPS of my mind starts to make that happen for me. It doesn't qualify the thought. It doesn't think about your thought. Your brain just says, so it is. Let it be so. I'll make it happen. So I want you to really focus on how you think in your mind. There are several times when I will say to people, do not use the word but 
unless you purposely intend to negate what you just said. Because I can say to you, I really love you, but I don't like it when you talk to me that way. So how does that have that person feel about the I really love you, but I'm qualifying it. So when I'm working with couples, a healthier way to say that, I say to them, please use the word and. And is inclusive. But take something out. So if I say, I really love you and, it would really help me if you changed your tone of voice. Versus, I really love you, but I hate your tone of voice. The person that hears that statement is not going to focus on the first part of the sentence. They're not going to remember that I really love you. They're going to only remember, I hate the tone of your voice. So you've now introduced a negative into the relationship, thinking you started with a positive. But that little conjunction, but, negated the positive. So I only use the word but if it's intentional. This is where I say to someone, I'm planning on coming to the party, but I may have a babysitter problem. That makes complete sense. Versus I'm planning on coming to the party and I have a babysitter problem. That can sound somewhat more positive, but it's a lot less directive. So when you're thinking about changing how you think, I want you to think about these words but, and, or, and so. I know God loves me, but. I want you to replace that with and. I know God loves me, and he's working with me on this sin. Not, I know God loves me, but he hates my sin. Which part do you focus on in that sentence, the beginning or the end? So as we think about this idea of conjunctions and the way that our brain structures a sentence. It's really amazing to look at the Bible because what God has done, he knows every language on the planet. So he makes sure that when he gives these verses, you can use any conjunction and it still works. So we demolish every agreement and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought. Look what happens if we say this. Pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So, we take captive every thought. How about this one? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all ways. Acknowledge him. What if we change the word but to and? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all ways acknowledge him. Or so, in all ways acknowledge him. Even if we said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding or in always acknowledge him. Even if we said it that way, it would still work because it would focus us on in acknowledging him in all ways, which would lead us to trusting in him. So amazingly, God is above language. He transcends it all. So think about how to change thoughts and feelings. Because do you find yourself stuck in obsessive thinking? And these thoughts, maybe you're creating anxiety or depression. You try to change your thoughts, but you find that you keep going back to the same obsessive thoughts. Now, I'm not negating the last week and a half. We need to be very careful how we think. It absolutely affects our mood. 
But if you find yourself with thoughts, they keep recurring. It keep, it's like a fallback. They keep going back to the same thoughts. They're old thoughts. But somehow they make sense to me, so I keep thinking them. Well, many times what we find is that you might even know that you need to change the thought, but you can't seem to stop thinking about them. And this is what more of current research is showing. When we think about the way we think, the structure, the voice in our head, this is why I talked to you about those little conjunctions, how we string things together and what it really does to our overall well-being. So instead of always trying to fight a recurring thought, I want you to think about the concept of intent. And they've done lots of studies about this in this particular PhD. The psychologist, her name is Dr. Margaret Paul. I like how she has really organized this because she's talking about the idea of intent. And this is how attached we are to thinking. See, there are two intention, intentions in any given moment, the intent to control it or the intent to learn from it. When your intent is to control, you're going to be wrestling with that thought. Instead of understanding, what's my intent behind this? Why am I wanting to change this thought? What does this thought mean to me? Is my intent to change my thinking simply to have a happy life? Is my intent to change my thinking a control issue? Because if I get control of it, then I'll be happy? Or is the intent to really honor God? Is the intent to really say, Lord, I hear the way I think and I know it hurts you. And I know it's not helping me. So my intention is to be more the way that you originally intended me to be, not just simply to get out of my pain. See, if I'm only trying to change the way I think so that I have happier feelings, I'm going to be in a constant wrestling match. The majority of our thoughts are from what we call our ego, and our ego, if you've heard anything, usually people say, well, they have a really big ego. Well, I want you to understand that the truth about ego is the bigger my ego really means the more fragile my ego is, which means I can't tolerate negativity. I want everyone to like me all the time, be happy with me. I get my feelings hurt very easily, which means I end up being quite controlling. So as long as your intent is to control, you're going to be stuck thinking the thoughts that make you feel bad. See, your bad feelings are kind of the inner world guiding you and trying to let you know that your thoughts are off track. They're out of alignment with what God really has for you. So trying to change your thoughts without changing your intention, what's the point? You're going to get nowhere. And this is where we want to understand that my thoughts and actions always follow my intentions. And many times we don't want to address what our intentions are. But this is part of how God asks us to have a pure heart. That our intentions, why we are doing, saying, acting in any particular way, desiring something, what is the intent behind it? 
When I address intention, it helps change my mood radically. It gets me back on track. So think about this. Intent then a addresses thoughts and actions. My thoughts and actions then are connected to my feelings and emotions. So when our automatic intention is to control, and that's the default setting, then what's going to happen is it's almost like that self-fulfilling prophecy. And so your intention is to control things. Well, we know where that, where that actually leads us. It, it leads us to despair. Because we end up fighting a battle we cannot fight. Instead of simply not touching it. I say to clients often, when you have a thought, the reason that verse is so powerful about taking captive every thought is God says, take captive and throw it away. Don't wrestle with it. It's kind of like what we refer to as a tar baby, if you, if you know what that saying is. It's like getting your hand stuck in tar and then using your other hand to pull one hand out and putting your foot in to pull both hands out. Now you're stuck in this tar. And so I say to clients frequently, that's a thought. Don't touch it. Walk away from it. Don't try to reason with it. Don't talk to it. Don't make friends with it. Don't wrestle with it. Ignore it. Move on. Change your intention. What are you going to choose to think on? Think on those things that are good, righteous, pure, good repute. Think on these things. So instead of trying to change always the thinking, I can distract. I can walk away. The same way in your external world, if you find yourself in a conversation that is very unhealthy, maybe people are gossiping, maybe there's a lot of foul language, maybe it's going to a place that is vulgar, well, you can choose to stay, try to battle with them, or you can simply walk away. So there are many thoughts that either the enemy plants in my head, comes from my own insecurities, my own woundedness, and I have to recognize those thoughts as those like quicksand. It's like a piece of sticky gum. I don't want to go near it. I don't want to touch it. I want to change my intention. So what's my intention for today, for this moment? What's my intention with this person? So let's say that if I'm having a conversation with someone and they hurt my feelings. What's my intention here? Is my intention to convince them that what they did was wrong so that I get them to say the thing I want them to say? Or is my intention to take the conversation to a higher level? So depending on the level of intimacy, I may completely ignore it. What merit is there in, in getting tangled up in it? Now, if it's my husband, if it's my best friend, I might say, hey, can we stop and address what you just said? I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't understand why you said it. Is there something I need to change? Do I need to know something? Are you in a bad mood? What's going on? What, what, what's the meaning behind that? Because that's how I restore intimacy. But if it's someone that I'm not attempting to have that level of intimacy with, the best thing I could do is move on. Because if I take it in, then it will be a control issue for me. I will have to wrestle with what they said. And I need to remind myself, if it's not an intimate relationship, do I really want to put stock in what someone says that if they don't know me that well? 
and if I don't know they're committed to my, my own well-being. So start to understand your intent. This is how we become really mindful of what we're thinking and mindful of our feelings. So if you try, if the intent is to control a feeling, you will lose the battle. And this is where I've said frequently that acceptance is the key to all my problems. That we accept our feelings. They're indicators of something. And when we get that observant position and the intention is to support, understand myself and help myself to be the best version of me, then I stop wrestling with negative thoughts and negative feelings. I simply accept them as information. What is it telling me? So if I have someone in my office that struggles with depression and they have a clinical condition, I might say to them, okay, are you overly tired? Are you not taking care of yourself? Have you stopped taking your medication the way that it was intended to be taken? Is that what these feelings are indicating? And instead of trying to fight, we want to use that as information. What do I want to do with the information? Instead of judging my own feelings, I want to understand the feelings. And some, some feelings, I tell you the truth, I don't understand all of my feelings. <laughs> I don't. But what I can do is care about myself. And I can care about me regarding the feeling. And I can comfort. I can have sympathy on myself. I'm not talking about a pity party, obviously. But this is about relationship with yourself. And this is always what it comes down to. How are you relating with you? Are you helpful? Remember, it's the me, myself, and I. Am I helping myself? Or am I condemning myself? Am I rejecting myself? Am I trying to get away from myself? Do I hate me? So when I'm addressing thoughts and feelings, they are a part of me. Am I going to own them? And have a healthy intention as to why to change them? or the intention to accept them. This is all coming down to you relating with you. And do you care about who God cares for? So becoming conscious of your intentions is going to give you a lot more autonomy, a lot more power to change your inner world if it can be changed. So we're going to talk tomorrow about this issue of tolerance. We're also going to talk a little bit more about maybe some inner dialogue and what we can really do to really have peace to the inmost parts of our being, to have contentment. And contentment doesn't mean that everything's working perfectly. Contentment means that I'm content with where I am in any given moment. Knowing that the God of the universe loves me and he is causing all things to work together for my good. So make sure you listen. Start listening to what's going on in your own brain. What do you hear yourself saying? Talking. How, how are you talking to yourself? Go back to that relationship. How am I dealing with me? Am I caring for me? Do I have compassion for me? Have a blessed day. Make sure you make really understand your own intention 
I'll talk to you tomorrow. And thank you so much, Jeremy, for being such a great, great producer. God bless you in all you do. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.